With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now Perisic looking to float that cross into Martinez. And Vecino hammers it home. And Inter have the lead inside the opening three minutes of the derby. Can he put Inter 3-1 up? Donnarumma waits. Martinez! It's Inter's night at San Siro. Kept his nerve. And the two-goal advantage is restored. And it is bedlam amongst the away fans. And welcome uh, to another episode of the Serpents of Inter podcast. It is our 10th episode, uh, so uh, I'm not sure if that's necessarily a milestone, but uh, um, I'll take it. So it is it is our 10th. Joining me uh, from Sweden, freshly cut and clean, is Saman Poor. Uh, <laughs> you didn't hey. think I was not going to let that out, right? I mean, come on. You didn't think I was going to let that go. I mean, yeah, you I had know. to know something was happening there, right? <laughs> You're going to post that picture too, right? I'm going to put that picture up on uh, on on Twitter later uh, of a of a freshly cleaned salmon pour. Uh, so Sam, Sam, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We are in the midst of the international break, so it's the ho hum doldrums and boredom of the next two weeks. Yeah. Uh, actually, the next week rather. Um, but uh, I, I think we will get through it, and especially um, after Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, uh, I think uh, Inter fans are breathing a much bigger sigh of relief. Uh, as uh, the Derby della Meridina uh, was probably one of the most exciting derbies uh, of recent memory, it was a, a, a great affair. I mean, even if you're even if you're an AC Milan fan, I think e- even the Derby was extremely fun to watch. It was just it was back and forth. Both teams seem to be playing up to their up to their maximum. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people wrote Inter off here because. Uh, you know, of all the uh, of all the issues and injuries and things like that that the team was facing. But in the end, uh, you know, the the, the Martinez penalty uh, in the second half uh, won the match. Um, but all, all in all, Sam, I think you have to agree. This was a very, very good uh, derby to watch. Boy, was I wrong. The last episode, um, I concluded like, OK, we're going to win, but... <laughs> I was more in in terms of you know it's gonna be like a one one nil maybe one one or two one or something like that but <clears throat> all in all like we we played very convincingly and we actually took it uh pretty good but as I stated uh, last episode like if they're gonna if they play Bakayoko they probably Gattuso is probably uh, approaching this game a little bit more defensively and as you saw like. Um, it was a little bit too defensive, maybe for them. They couldn't. They couldn't hold on to the central of the pitch. They, that's where we shine uh, amongst everything else. But then, I think that's that was the key part of what, why we won the game is because um, Vecino had an amazing game. He played 
like in a number 10 kind of role. He was uh, offensive Mezala in a sense. So uh, that worked out very well uh, because he always went on the second wave. So he put a lot of pressure on their defense. Uh, I think that uh, Politano had an amazing game. He 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 deserves a lot of props for the game he did. D'Ambrosio did an amazing game. And as I told you last week, Piontek ain't gonna do shit. <laughs> and see, I, I knew I knew I knew it was gonna happen. I knew you're gonna say something about Piontek and the fact that he was so ineffective in this match. Uh, I, I knew that was coming, but I, I think that's a huge thing to bear in mind is that is that you know one of the leading scorers in Europe uh, was silent was had absolutely no activity whatsoever struggled the entire match uh and, and I think that's a that's a sole credit to to the midfield for Inter and I think it's a sole credit to the defense of Inter uh, yeah I mean I mean what a what a what a play I I think all the players that you expected to step up did and even yep. a player like Vecino I mean my question after that match was where has this been I think this is this is the potential I think we all expected from Vecino, but we hadn't really seen it in a consistent manner. And, and here we saw it, and, and I'm just like, can we see more of this? I, I want to see more of this type of play from Matias Vecino. You know, the thing is that if you look at, if you approach that game like uh, now, uh, in hindsight, like looking at it right now, you see that the, the reason some of these plays actually shine was because... Uh, the game was very open, like it wasn't so close. The, pro- the, the, the problems we have is when, when um, teams play very defensively, they, they close shop. So uh, they close shop to the point where uh, we can't do anything because the problem is that most of the players that we, we have, um, they, they like like open spaces because they, they move like diagonally a lot. So for, for a player like Vecino, who... who, who who got a lot of space to run, and with his size, I think I think it was a match made in heaven, more or less, because this is the type of game he probably likes a lot. But the problem with Vecino is that he's not technical enough to like be uh, like do the good passes or you know hold the ball in a, in in a technical way and so forth. So, I mean, I think that and another thing that that is good to know about Vecino is that I don't I hope that Spalletti takes a lesson for this because it actually um, shows that Vecino is more of a he's kind of a light Pogba in a sense. Uh, and and please don't take it out of proportion what I, what I mean is that <laughs> he he, he um, he's he's a physically pretty pretty big dude but but uh, he's a bit better in the offensive, uh, offensive, uh, offensive side of the game. So <clears throat> he should probably play with less defensive uh, responsibilities. I think that the 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 problem we have is that in the defensive side of the midfield, uh, Brozovic takes, you know, he carries so much that. Uh, that that players around him like they are not good enough to do that. Nangolan is the only player that can do that better than he does. But the problem is that Spalletti plays him so high up on the pitch that that you lose some of that dynamic play that uh, Nangolan is notorious for. So if I was Spalletti in the sense, if I'm gonna play those Brozovic, Vecino, and Nangolan, I would probably look on how to to make it a more flat like a three central midfield instead of like pushing Nangolan forward and Vecino down down the pitch so so they can be a bit bit more dynamic so both of them can go and fall when they need to 
something a bit more organic like that. And uh, I, I think the best player in on the pitch, you know, there is not one single player, but I think that uh, Lautaro Martinez did a tremendous job. The way he moved on the pitch, the way uh, he opened up um, uh, the pitch for 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 other players was uh, something to uh, really lift up because it, 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 yeah, you, you got you got this Diego Milito type of vibe from him where he's not prob- he's he's not the type of striker who probably will like do thirty goals a season, but he's the type of player that will contribute in, in the entire game. Like he, he will open up space for other players. He will probably do a little bit more assists because he's good. He's much better uh, technically uh, than Icardi is. But I think that if he continues on this path, he will probably be a more complete forward than Icardi is because you can see like how how he plays now, how he carries the ball, how he lets the ball go, how he moves on the pitch. So, so I want to highlight that. I want to highlight the Vrij because he always gets in the shadow of Shkina because the Vrij was a, did a great, great job today also. So so there, there's a lot to be said about that. And D'Ambrosio saved Inter in the last second of the game as well. Which is balls. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, fall, yeah fall, falling in front of the, of the, of the ball like the way he did. <laughs> Um, was, was something that, again, I think we saw a lot of things in the Derby that we've been waiting to see for a long time. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, patience has paid off. Uh, with Vecino, I, I think you're right. I, I think maybe we have, I don't know if it, he's a true Trey Cortista. But I think he's very comfortable in that kind of a role. Now, whether he could be a yeah. dominant Trey Cortista is, is a different story. I have to agree. Latour Martinez uh, uh, really shines. Stefan De Vrij, Milan Skriniar uh, yes. pl- played very effectively. Matteo Politano was was very Absolutely. good. And, and, and even for a lack of, of 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 getting your name called a lot, I think Ivan Perisic also yes. um, did, did, did very well. It did yes. very well on his wing side, and, and 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 so it was it was altogether a team effort. The win. Uh, pushed Inter back into third. They're two points clear of of Milan. Uh, they're points clear of uh, Lazio and Roma and Atalanta. Um, but this, by no means, and I think we've got to be very, very careful here. This, by no means, sets up Inter to 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 automatically have a Champions League spot because now uh, the Nerazzurri um, will will move into a very difficult part of their schedule. Yes, after, very after much the so. after the international break, you've got Lazio on March thirty first. Yes. Uh, Genoa, who's who is dangerous to to be certain, on April third, April seventh with Atalanta, uh, Frozenone. You know, it, I I tease about about the powerhouse that is Frozenone, but again, you know, <laughs> Inter seems to shine in matches that they're not supposed to win, but they also let down in matches they are supposed to win. That's and the Frozen, problem. And, and Frozenone is a match that that they should win without any question whatsoever, but. You know, with this with this team the way it's been, I don't think that's a certain. And then following that, you've got Roma. Uh, so I, I, we still haven't haven't played the second halves of of of, uh, of of Napoli of Juventus. You know, so we still have a very difficult road ahead of us to secure a top four finish, and it is by no means guaranteed at this point because there's a lot of things that can happen over the next couple uh, over the next several weeks. Uh, and now, now that Inter can focus squarely on Serie A 
now that they're out of the Europa League and don't have to worry about that. Uh, it, it, it is, but but uh, you know, again, I don't think we can rest back on our laurels and think, oh well, good. Now we're now we're in and all is well. And Icardi's back training and he'll be nah. he'll be available for Lazio and and all things are now right with the world. That's not the case. I, I, so I think we have to be very, very cautious. We have to have we have to have cautious optimism in terms of what we can look ahead. Now, one of my questions here is: is, is with this Derby win, has Spalletti, you know, sealed himself up for another season at the helm no. uh, of, of Inter? No, I think that regardless of us uh, like finishing third or fourth, it doesn't really matter because I think that, uh, as I stated before, like that that's that's done and dealt with. I think that until next season, because here's the thing, uh, Spalletti has done, actually, uh, I, I'm not one of those who say that uh, everything Spalletti is ne- everything that Spalletti has done is negative. He has done a lot of good things also, but I think that if we're going to take the next step, uh, we need uh, a coach that is a bit better, uh, a bit more seasoned maybe, have a bit uh, better type of play because we we probably need a, a coach that can tweak some of these players to the next step. Someone like Skriniar, you know, he has the potential of probably probably being like top two, top three center backs in the world because he's so complete in a sense. The phrase amazing player now that Godin more or less is done, uh, and someone like Brozovic, Brozovic and uh, Lautaro Martinez, all of these players. For them to take the next step, they need someone that uh, would take them to the next step because you don't want to be put in a position where, again, like y- your coach gets questioned by the players. Because I think the the problem that Inter has had, or one of the problems that Inter has had for, for some years now, is that the players, uh, something like Chelsea, actually, the players have some type of authority um, in the dressing room to the point where they actually can uh, dictate who's coaching and who's not, and that's that can be a very big problem. So I think that they need someone with much more character. So, and I, I, I'm I'm not going to speculate who that's going to be or why or when or something like that. But I think that all in all, I think that Spalletti uh, most likely will uh, will leave after the uh, after the season, and uh, hopefully. Uh, we were taking a coach that has uh, a, a bit bigger name uh, in a sense, like someone that has more uh, more wins under the belt. So someone that is a winner. Uh, so so no, I, I I think that I don't think that Spalletti will will remain. I think that there is a, some some things that needs to change, uh, and one of those things is Spalletti because uh, with all the chaos that has been in Inter for the uh, for for the last months so, uh, now, uh, Spalletti is one of the key figures in that also because I, I have a problem with the coach who always goes out in the media and talks about things and 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 like creates new fires in a sense so so i don't think that's helpful for for a co- uh, team like it especially in a sensitive position that we are in right now like sure icardi is back in training nangolan is current, probably going to be fit kita balde is going to get more fit and so on and so forth so so we have like an upswing and i i don't think it helps when you have a, a coach that has said so much negative things uh, about a player. You know, it, it, let, keep that private. You know, keep that in the in the dressing room. Keep that in between the player and the, and the coaching staff and the 
management and all that. I don't need to hear that because it doesn't help me because I'm an Inter fan. I just want the players to, to perform and, and do well. So, no, I think that Spalletti is uh, is going to get... Uh, he pro- I don't know if he's going to get fired, but he probably will leave himself or Marote is going to sack him. So I think, uh, I think that's a done deal. I think that that's destined to happen regardless of how it goes. If, even if we finish second, for, like uh, something spectacular happens and we win every game like, and, uh, and people like, like Napoli and loses a lot of games, I, I think it doesn't matter. Like, it's done and dealt with. I, think that, I, think, I even think that Icardi is high, likely to, to, uh, to leave as well. I think, that, I think the damage is too big for him to stay at, at this point. All right, we'll talk. We're going to talk more about players and things like that in the second segment. But it is the international break, uh, and, and there has been some international matches played so far. Just to kind of run down UEFA uh, European qualifying: uh, Bulgaria and Montenegro uh, drew one one. Turkey over Albania two zero. Uh, Iceland beating Andorra two uh, nothing. Yes. England England pasting the Czech Republic five to nothing off of a, a a triple from Raheem Sterling. Um, we have. Luxembourg uh, with a 2-1 win. Uh, France uh, easily uh, 4-1. Uh, Portugal drawing with Ukraine is a bit uh, interesting, uh, a 0-0 draw there. On the friendly side, Colombia beating Japan 1-0. Korea, South Korea, one uh, nothing uh, win. Uh, Matias mm-hmm. Vecino playing uh, about an hour in, in Uruguay's 3 uh, nothing win over Uzbekistan. <laughs> and and, and uh, I'm going to skip over one. I'll come back to it. But... Uh, um, uh, Peru, a one nothing winner. Um, then we have Mexico, a three one winner over Chile. Uh, and, and then there's Concacaf, which I'll get into. Yeah, well, actually, I probably won't. But but uh, probably the big one in terms of international qualifying. Uh, by the way, Italy will play on Saturday, uh, Saturday yes. afternoon. Uh, your Sweden squad is uh, is at halftime as we record. They are up to nothing. Um, yes. In, in case you're wondering. Uh, Ireland, Gibraltar are tied at zero uh, for whatever that is worth. But but really, the big thing here would have to be uh, in South America, uh, Venezuela getting three goals and beating Argentina 3-1. Of course, the bright spot here, Latauro Martinez did get the only goal for Argentina. And honestly, his chemistry with Lionel Messi actually looked very good at, at, at times. But you had an Argentina squad that's under a caretaker coach that seemed uh, somewhat discombobulated. Yes. Um, throughout the entire match, the the first goal in the sixth minute was uh, just just sick, just disturbing yes. to watch. If you're if you're an Argentina fan, uh, former Interman uh, Jason Murillo uh, scores in the 44th minute for Venezuela, and then Martinez closes it out. Uh, 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 Latero Martinez gets a goal in the, uh, gets a a goal in the 59th minute uh, uh, for Argentina, but it was all for naught as uh, Venezuela beat Argentina. I did. I did. And, and it actually, you know, like I said, I think it speaks to, uh, you know, Martinez and his uh, and his strength and his mobility. I, I think the That's way the, the way he plays, even on the international level, is something that to take note of. And I think Inter Absolutely. is extremely lucky to have pulled him from from racing the way they did. Uh, now they can they can really lock in and focus on the development of this of, of this player of Latero Martinez. Um, I think what's key here is now, in order for him to flourish on the domestic side uh, in Serie A, I think, and I mentioned this in a, in a piece I wrote uh, this week on serpentsofmatadina.com, that I think he needs a partnership. 
And what he needs is he needs a player that can come in and help and groom him. He's only 21 years old. He's got a lot of play less. He's got a lot of potential left. But I think one thing he's missing is a one on-field player that can coach him uh, the way that a coach like a Spalletti or a Mourinho or, or, or a Conte or a Simeone really can't. Uh, and that is to kind of really show him what it's like to be a top quality striker uh, e- either either in Syria or in Europe. Uh, and I mentioned that that's probably something that that Inter should probably take a look at when they're looking in the offseason for transfers to bolster up their attack is who can they bring in? You don't want someone who's who's too young. You, you don't want uh, another 20, 21, 22 year old. But then again, do, you don't really want, a, a, you know, a 33, 34, 35 year old. You want someone who's kind of in the middle of that mix, who, who has some pedigree, who has both domestic and international experience and, and, and has the ability to show Lautaro Martinez, OK, you're good, but here's how you can be better. And let me show you who can really take him under his wing. And I think that, you know, there are a lot of options out there. I think even though Dabala, Paulo Dabala with Juventus is only 25, I think he can be He's one who can, who can be that. I think Edin Dzeko uh, is another possibility. I think Romelu Lukaku at Manchester United is one who could also show him those types of things. He- uh, and these are all candidates that are all going to be open and 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 ready to possibly move in the summer transfer window. And if Acardi leaves, and I agree, I think it's I think it's likely that he does. Um, he, I think there's a lot of bad blood here. I think I think if Spalletti goes, there might be discussion on 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 Icardi staying. But I think I don't think I, it's going to happen anyway. I, I, really, I tell you what, I think it's going to depend a lot on the crowd reaction at the Giuseppe Miazza on the 31st when he comes out and plays against Lazio. Maybe uh, I, I think you're going to see a lot of, of of fan sentiment and are they happy to see him or are they just just quite honestly just disgusted with him and and are just tired of of the drama and the BS and and is it time to move on? Probably. The th- here's the thing. You, you touched on a few points that, that I really, really like. So first of all, when it comes to Lautaro Martinez, I do agree a lot. You know, uh, Again, if I'm going to compare him to, to an Inter player that, that, that plays a bit similar, similar to him, it's Diego Milito. And if you look when Diego Milito thrived, he had a player like Samuel Eto'o. Uh, beside him, so regardless of Etu and Milito being uh, being in the same age or not, like Etu was in, in a sense a bigger player. Uh, he came from, directly from Barcelona and won everything with Barcelona, and 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 you know here, uh, so he he was in a sense the star um, star attacking player, but um, with his experience and his character and 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 the way he 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 carried himself in a sense, I think that that helped Milito. Uh, a bit, but I think that so, so I agree with you on that. I think that if Lautaro Martinez get, gets a player like uh, Milito had a two, and I'm not taking away anything from Milito, I think that Milito was destined to be a great player regardless. But I think that a two actually helped a lot in that. Uh, I think that Lautaro Martinez has could could use some something like that, a player like that, you know, someone that has that ability. Uh, so I, I do agree a lot with that. I think that I don't think that Perisic is that player because Perisic is a little bit by uh, too much too bipolar and, and and too egoistic in some terms for me. So I don't think that he always plays for the team in a sense. He, he you know he shows a lot of uh, good character in a way that he can run. But you know sometimes you you you, you know you get a feeling that you know it's, it's something that isn't right there. So 
I do agree with that. And when it comes to uh, the problem is with Icardi is that regardless of him, like people forget very fast when if he starts scoring again. You know, he, he, he people jump uh, on the, the Icardi wagon again. But you know, but let's not be prisoner of the moment and and like take it as it is. So Icardi has done a lot of good things for for the club. You know, he has saved us and he has stayed with us. Uh, uh, when we went through through uh, a lot of bad times, uh, he he could easily have left a few years back. You know, uh, nobody could blame him because he was better than everyone in the team by far. But I think it's uh, I think it's uh, regardless of like uh, people forgetting. I think that uh, it's going to be very polarizing for him when he plays his first game. That's my I I think so. I think that the 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 people won't receive him uh, too good, and I think that the best way to like get him in smooth the smoothest way possible is to like maybe take him in when 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 we are on the upswing. Like let Martinez start, and you can probably take him in and let, let him finish it off in a, in a sense. I don't know, but Spalletti staying or not staying, I think that uh, I'm with you. I, I think that it's highly likely that he will leave. If he doesn't, sure, you know, maybe Marotta can solve this with him and, and so on and so forth. And the new coach coach brings new energy. I, I, you know, let's not take that out of cal- calculation. But I think that uh, it's likely that Perisic will leave, Spalletti will leave, and Icardi will probably leave. Uh, I think that that's... I hope that Candreva will leave. Also, I don't, uh, I don't see any positive upswing there either. But you know, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. You know, in football, things you know swing fast. You know, uh, from one day to another, you can have a whole different story. And as I stated, like people forget. Like if if Icardi performs very well and he does like ten goals in in the la- remaining games, and he he beats Juve. Uh, he's a match. He, he scores the winner against Juve, and you know and all, everything you know does a lot of good games. Who knows? Maybe he will get uh, the the contract that he wants, and he will be happy. And, pray and who knows? Who may, may, but one thing I, I I can say for sure: I don't think he will be a captain anytime soon. I I, I oh, think no. That, that no 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 that, that ship has sailed. Yeah, I think so. I think that w- one of the key things here is that can Icardi accept that he's he's not going to be. I, I, if I was in the management team, I wouldn't even like him to be a captain because that's you know in a sense that that shows that shows weakness from the management team. If you take away his captaincy in the middle of the season in a very very uh, difficult uh, difficult period for Inter and and you know he stops playing and all of a sudden you're giving it back like what why did you go through all that you know. I don't see that. So I think that one of the things that would never would not happen is that he will not he will probably not be captain. And for me, I, I see that as a positive thing. I think that Icardi needs to like focus on on what he does best and you know build on that to begin with. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, a lot more about uh, about potential co- uh, outgoings and incomings in the summer. Uh, we asked a, a fan question and, and got a lot of great response. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Uh, you are listening to the Serpents of Inter podcast. I'm Matt Clark. He's Sam Poor. And we will be right back after this with more on the Serpents of Inter podcast. And welcome back here to the Serpents of Inter podcast. I'm Matt Clark. He is Sam Poor, and uh, we've talked uh, quite a bit about the Derby. Uh, international break is here, but uh, kind of switching gears a little bit. We, we've we've kind of we've touched on on 
on players like Icardi and 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 even Luciano Spalletti and Ivan Perisic and whether they stay or whether they go uh, coming up in the summer transfer window. But one thing I wanted to do, and and, and I did this via l- the last episode and on Twitter, is I asked, you know, if if you could be realistic, and and, and I mean realistic, because let's be honest, yes, Inter will probably be clear of, of financial fair play issues, but does that mean that Suning is going to go out and splash cash? No, it doesn't. It's they're not going to be they're not going to be kicking up PSG money or Real Madrid money or even Barcelona money. It's still going to be, I think, relatively conservative in terms of spending. Uh, in the summer transfer window. But that said, there are going to be holes to fill, the central midfield being one, uh, the attack being the other. Uh, maybe maybe some backup on defense uh, is, is going to be key as well. So what I asked is, is if you could pick five players to bring in to enter next season, who would they be under the proviso that they are realistic? Don't tell me Messi. Don't tell me Ronaldo. Don't, don't tell me Salah or Firmino, or anyone like that, because those aren't really <laughs> realistic. Um, no, exactly. so, so let's be realistic. And, and the responses we got were actually you know, pretty impressive. I'll, I'll run down a few of them. I'm not going to get to all of them, and I apologize for that, but, um, but, but I will tell you the ones that I did get. Um, one of the most common ones was uh, uh, Barella. Uh, yes. Uh, Darmian was another. Um, yes. I did, I, there, there were a few that suggested that uh, even we keep Cedric from Southampton, although I don't see that happening. Um, another uh, Hector Herrera was an interesting name. Enrico Chisia, uh, Chisia was another one. Uh, Alessandro Bastoni, uh, even Edison. Ca- yeah, Edison Cavani was another one. Uh, no. uh, Zappa Costa uh, in the midfield. Um, uh, Bolote was another uh, obviously, Godin is 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 about a done deal. I even had someone suggest not Messi, not Mbappe, not Griezmann, not Modric, and not Rakitic. So they told me who they didn't <laughs> want. Didn't tell me who they did want. Uh, let's see, another one that was uh, Barella, Lazari, Kisia, Palacios, Darmian. Someone said Dubala. Someone, yeah, yeah, a Dubala Icardi swap, which is uh, also which is on the table apparently. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so a lot of great response, but I guess I'll ask you, Sam, you know, if you, you've got five players you can pick, uh, and, and understanding what their market value is, understanding what their transfer fee would likely be and being realistic within the confines of, of Sooning, not just handing over an open purse, uh, an open purse to Beppe Marota and Piero Asilio. Um, you know, who would you go after? Who would the five players you would bring in? Mm, that's a good one actually uh so so let's start with Diego Godin because he's a boss man deal so I don't know if uh we can include him in a here's the thing somebody, I, I, I would I would say I would say no I think because he it's pretty much a done deal with him I would say he would not be one of the five you could pick because the deal's already done I think that's a given what I'm what I'm looking for is a hypothetical if if then this I mean uh you know Godin is is is, is probably going to happen more likely than not um, so, so let's, let's, let's take him off the table and let's okay. look at the, in, the, the squad that we have now, who goes and then who do you bring in? And, and if you want to provide uh, some rationale as to why, then, then feel free. Okay. So in, in the defense, I think that Ranoke is going to get a new contract because, uh, you know, they, they, they basically uh, confirmed it by saying that he will get a new contract because of his profession. Uh, pro- he's a very professional and he has good character and so on and so forth. So he's probably going to stay. I think that Miranda is pro- uh, is destined to leave as well. Uh, I see that happening, especially with Godin coming in. Uh, I think that Cedric, uh, 
is destined to leave as well after the loan period. Um, I think I ho- here's the thing. I ho- actually would like for us to sell Vecino because having Vecino actually for us means that we, we will have to play him. And I think that if, if someone like Mauricio Sarri, if he wants him for Chelsea, now Chelsea has a transfer. Uh, they, they, I think that they, will, they, they got punished from UEFA, so they can't uh, take in any new players for a year or two. But I think, I think, they're, appeal- if- I think they're appealing that. I'm not really sure where that stands, but, but yes. Okay, so I, I, hope, I hope that we will get rid of Vecino. But I think that Borja could be a better player to have on the bench than Vecino, just for the reason uh, that he, 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 he has a better technical ability. He can pass the ball better. He's very slow, I understand that. But my personal opinion is that Borja uh, does, uh, he's a better bench player and he, he, he probably will accept seeing him on the bench a lot. So uh, Vecino, I hope that he will leave. I, th- I hope that Cantreva uh, will leave also. And... Uh, Perisic, I, I think that he's destined to leave as well. I, I, maybe he will say, but I, I, I think that a player that has put in so many transfer requests as Perisic has already done, you know, I, I see a problem in that. And, I, and my, my personal opinion is that uh, someone like Perisic will, uh, should be sold. Icardi is a, another player that uh, I think that uh, it's more likely that he will leave than he will stay, but that's my personal opinion. Um, Let's see now. I think that Dalbert is another player that I, I think that if we can uh, cash in on him a little bit, I, I don't think we will get so much from him or we can go break even on him. I think that that would be a good thing to uh, uh, think uh, to look at. I, will, I, I don't like Danilo D'Ambrosio, but I think that he will actually be a good player to have because he can play right back, left back, and he can play like in a three defensive uh uh, three three man defense. So I think that he's a he he's a good player to have in the in the squad. So I will I I I hate saying this because I really don't like D'Ambrosio, but I think he, <laughs> but I think that he will he will make more sense if he stays than than if he goes because replacing him can be a bit difficult for for the squad in a sense because you need the depth. You know, it, it makes no sense for us to buy like two three. Very good world class player, but we get rid of like five six, and now we are in the same situation. If one of them gets injured, then we are screwed. So I think that having a little bit of depth doesn't hurt us. So I will actually keep some, a player like D'Ambrosio. In terms of, <coughs> excuse me, who will come? Uh, I, I look at it more of how much do we have to spend. So regardless of Godin coming in as a as a free transfer or not, he will. There is no such thing as coming in for free. Uh, he will have a fee, and he will have. A pretty hefty fee because he comes as a bossman, so he's he will probably get a good salary and and uh, and a good com- his agent will probably get a good commission as well. But if that aside, I think that Nicola Barella is a player that I look out for. I don't think that he will be a key player for taking the next step because, like uh, Lautaro Martinez, he's very young. So I think that putting that type of pressure uh, on him um, is. It's not the best thing to do, you know. Some some players are destined for greatness, you know. Regardless of them being twenty or thirty, doesn't matter. Someone like Messi or Verratti, you know, they they always been good players in their respective positions. But I think that Barella is a is a player that uh, has uh, has a good chance for coming to Inter. I think that uh, Darmian is another one that I I've been looking at. I don't. Here's the thing: Darmian is isn't like if you're gonna play. If you're gonna buy a right back or a left back, I would probably look at someone that it has a bit more 
better attributes in a sense, like they are better offensively, like they have better passing fees or whatever. Like Darmian is is a slightly better version, according to me, than D'Ambrosio is. So I don't see like the upswing in Darmian compared to someone like D'Ambrosio. Uh I will focus a lot on on the central midfield. So for me, a player like uh, Rakitic is very, uh, it's likely, you know, it's reasonable because he will probably not cost as much as uh, some people might think because um, I think that Barcelona might be interested in offloading him because of their transfers. Uh, They will probably bring in someone like Luke de Jong and they have players like Arthur and Busquets and all these players need, need playing time. So I think that, uh, he, he's not. He's too good for for sitting on a bench or being a rotation player. He's a world class midfielder. So I think that Rakitic is, uh, Rakitic is another player that is uh, is possible for us. Sergei Milinkovic Savic, or also known as SMS uh, from Lazio, uh, that's a hard, that's a tricky one because uh, Sergei have recently started to play good again. But I don't know if he's that good as he was the first season. Um, he has the like he has the tools to be a world class midfielder, but I, I I don't know. I have a feeling that his mentality isn't always like on par with his talent, so that could be a little bit tricky for someone like me. I I I'd rather take someone like uh, someone that has a uh, doesn't have the like the the world class um, peaks, but has a very low low. I'd rather have someone who's a bit more stable. In a sense, like, if you... if you were, my, my thing is, I love players like Zanetti, in a sense, because they're not the best players on the pitch, but they, they're never the worst either. Like, they, they, they are static in their form. I like those types of players because they, they will actually uh, perform year-round. So, so I don't know about that, and I think that he will be very, very expensive. At least I can see, like, 60, 70 million, and I don't think that... I don't know if that's a most rational thing to do. Who knows? Um, in, and here's the thing. Nobody actually has commented on this, but Bayern Munich is looking to uh, rejuvenate their team and they, uh, they actually need to do that as well. So, so, so they will probably look for new players. And I don't know if Lewandowski is one of the players they're looking to offload. You know, if we sell someone like Icardi, Lewandowski is a world-class forward. He probably... If he does a bad job, he will probably score like 20 goals anyway. So so I will look at someone like Lewandowski. Uh, he will probably cost a lot of money, and uh, but that could be a thing for us to look at. And another, an, another thing, uh, but this is a very big if and but. I don't, think, I don't think that will happen. But if Napoli is looking for uh, new players and want to offload some players, I will push very hard for someone like Zielinski. Zielinski is uh, he he's very similar to Jorginho who used to play in Napoli. Uh, I think that he's an amazing amazing player and and I see a lot of potential in that player and I, I and I think that he will do a tremendous job uh in uh, in a team like Inter. So so my my conclusion is that and also if we play with a three man defense I think that Bastoni uh, Bastoni taking back Bastoni is very important for us because Right now, uh, we have uh, Skriniar and De Vrij and Godin is coming and, and Ranocchi is, uh, is getting a new contract and we probably need someone like Bastoni because playing with three defense, central defenders, you, you will need to like rotate uh, here and there. Plus, we're probably going to play three competitions next year and we'll probably go very hard for on those, all of them. So I, I think that reasonable uh, thing to do is to bring back a, uh, a centre-back like Bastoni. Bastoni has... A lot of potential. He has great talent. He has shown very good. He has been very good in Parma. 
So all in all, I think that Barella, Rakitic, uh, Bastoni. Um, you mentioned Lewandowski. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing. I will I will end it on a high, very 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 unlikely, but a very high note. I would say Lewandowski. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. to round it off. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. Well, here, here's what I, I want to go through position by position and tell you first off who I think is out. Uh, I'll start with the goalkeeper, and I, I think you know I think we're in good shape there. I, I think yes. that Samir Handanovic has has some time left. We have a nice backup in the young Brazilian that we brought over, who's now on Brazil. loan. I believe, yeah, yes. who is who is who's got a tremendous potential. Um, I think Tommaso Bernie is going to have to retire at some point, just because you can only go so often being the tackling dummy on the field and. <laughs> and, 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 and he's about there. Uh, but Danielle Padelli, uh, you know, I think, I think we'll, we'll, we'll stay on as a backup for a while, but I think one of those, one of those two will probably have to go to free up a little bit of space. Um, on defense, obviously, Sami Vishalko is going to go back to Atletico. Um, I don't think there's any way, you know, Inter redeems him in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Miranda is out. Uh, I think the writing is on the wall there. And, and, if, if that's the case, I think one thing Inter needs to do and Interisti need to do is thank him for his service and what he's done yes. for this team. Um, if, if he goes back to a Flamengo and, or, or, or he goes back to South America, which I think is where he's going to go, um, I don't think that's a bad move. Uh, Diego Godin is obviously going to come in. Uh, Stefan de Vrij is going to stay. Uh, Quadro Asamoa is going to stay, but Quadro Asamoa is getting up in years a little bit. Granted, years on defense aren't near necessarily the same as years on offense. So I think, I think Asamoa has a couple years to go. The key here is going to be Milan Skriniar. Now, interestingly enough, news has come out that there's been a lot of potential poaching of Milan Skriniar to try to get him to go to Spain and to play for either Barca or Real Madrid, and, and his agent has basically told other agents, stay away. Um, now, I, I, one part of me wants to take this as a good sign to suggest that Skriniar is very happy with Inter and will stay. Another part of me is kind of hesitant in thinking that maybe this agent just wants the commission for himself and that there's a deal possibly to be made by sending Skriniar um, out for a, a 50 to $100 million payout um, for, for Inter. I don't know. I, I'd like to think at this point in time that that Skriniar is going to stay. Um, I think he. I think he truly loves playing in Italy. I think he truly loves playing uh, for 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 Inter. So I, I would like to hope that that Inter management come together and and decide. Okay, we need to get this kid a contract. We need to pay him four million, uh, four million per year, and and, and and go from there uh, because I think he's worth it. Uh, moving to the midfield, this is where it's a complete disaster, and and anything can happen <laughs> anywhere. Uh, I think I think Borja Valero is probably going to go. Um, I, I think his while while I think he's stable, I don't think he fits the team mentality. I think he's a good player. Don't, me, don't get me wrong, but he's getting up in age. And I think you're going to yes. see. I, I think you're going to see a bit of a youth movement here for Inter. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of older players go by the wayside in in lieu for a lot of either developing youth players or younger solid talent, so that this team can build moving forward, not necessarily move for right now, but move for the future. So I think I think Borja Valero is probably going to go. I think Mateus Vecino is probably going to stay. Um, I don't see a lot of interest in him, in him at this point uh, in going other places. I don't see an interest in teams paying a, a 25 to $35 million transfer fee to get him to come in right now just because he's so inconsistent. Now, yes. two, or three, two or three seasons down the road, that may change. But I think at this point in time, that answer is no. 
Um, I think uh, Andrea Ranocchia, who can be defense or midfield, depending on how you look at it, I think he will stay. He will get a new contract, and I think justifiably so. Uh, yes. Jean, Jean, Jean Mario, this is an enigma wrapped up in a puzzle at this point. Um, I think oh, Jean Mario, yeah. Jean Mario, uh, you know, I, I think he would go, but I think Inter is going to be very locked in on how much they want for him, which means he'll probably stay because I don't see many teams wanting to pony up money for a player who has just not proven himself at all. So I think Jean Mario, interestingly enough, is probably going to stay. Uh, um, then, then you've got uh, who am I missing? I, I'm missing several players. I'm probably going to backtrack Vecino. a little bit. Uh, Matias Vecino, he, he's going to stay. Gagliardini is probably going to stay. Um, I, I think Gagliardini has has uh, has much more upside than he does downside. I think what he lacks is time to show it. Um, I think if he got the right coach in or if he got the right opportunity, I think Gagliardini um, could definitely show his worth. And plus, I mean, we're not paying him a, a, a king's ransom here, so it isn't as if we have to cut cap space like you do in the NFL or anything like that. So I, I think keeping Gagliardini is is definitely worthwhile. Um, then, you know, Dalbert, I think Dalbert, you probably cut loose. Um, I, I think it's, I, I think it was an interesting experiment to start. I just don't see it paying off, uh, to fruition at this point. Uh, no. Dembro, Dembrogio, I agree with you. Don't really like him as a guy, but as a player, I think he's, I think he's got the best interest of the shirt in mind. Uh, so I yes. think you probably keep him. Uh, Keita Valde, I think you try to, I think you try to renegotiate and I think you try to, you try to redeem get him. a lower fee and redeem him simply because I do agree. I think more, uh, more is, is out. Um, so you're going to need more options. Uh, Politano, you keep, uh, Martinez, you keep, uh, with Ivan Perisic, honestly, I, I think he's going to stay. And I think he's going to stay because I think he sees what he what what potential can be. I think there's yes. been too many ups and downs between he and Manchester United, he and Arsenal. Um, I I think he if he goes anywhere, I think he goes to England. But I just don't know that that happens. So I think you're you're you're, you're, you're so with that all said, I you know I think Perisic will probably stay at least another season. Um, a lot of that could hinge on who the coach is next season. Um, I, I think with with a with a with a coach like Conte, I think he stays. With a coach like insert any other name here, I think he might try to go. Um, because again, I still think that the the way this team is going to be built for the future is going to depend on who its manager is. And if it's not Luciano Spalletti, and I don't think it is, then I think you've got to bring in a coach that has the ability to dictate who he wants. And and, and I think a, a coach like Conte or Simeone or, 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 or someone like that is going to want to have say over who they have. They're going to, they're going to want control, um, uh, you know, like Liverpool where, where, where the manager does have a, a good amount of say in what players that he wants. And we see that prove to be a good fit, a good fit because you see where Liverpool's at right now. Uh, Pep Guardiola does the same thing at Manchester City. It's not, it's not, it's not uh, uh, transfer by committee. It's transfer by okay. Here's what the manager says he needs. Let's go out and try to get it for him. If it's not necessarily the name, let's see if we can find someone who could fit the bill in the same position. And, and I don't think you can do that until you have more, uh, more, more solid footing in terms of who the manager is going to be and who that manager is going to be um, for the foreseeable future. If it's Conte, then I, I, I just I can tell you right now, Conte is going to want say. He's not going to want to make any player moves, uh, whether whether going or coming, until he is firmly set in 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 bringing his staff to Milan. And I think the same would go for a Diego Simeone. I think the same, even Jose Mourinho, yeah, with as unlikely as that is and should be, I still think that is something that that the team is going to have to. 
going to have to respect. However, I, I think that there are some things that are just kind of uh, 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 no kidding type type moves to make, such as not you know getting rid of Dalbert, trying to redeem Keita Balde, uh, parting ways with Mauro Icardi, um, go ahead and seeing Jao Miranda uh, off back to to South America. Uh, you know, not redeeming Sime Vrishalko, I think, is another one that I mean, these are kind of no brainer type things that I think even as as fans, we can say, OK, yeah, that's that makes logical sense no matter who the coach is. Um, however, I think the big challenge comes into, OK, who do you bring in? That's where the coach is going to have to have a say. And, and, and you know, depending on, on the type of, of 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 style that we're going to run. And I would like to think that that the style that Inter is going to run is going to be an aggressive attacking style. I think that's what that's the identity of this team. I think that's been the identity of this team for a long time now. And I think we've lost sight of that um, or we've lost sight of having players who can fulfill that role. So with that said, you know, I think Nicolo Barella is, is definitely, uh, you know, someone that Inter should be looking at from from Calgary. Uh, you know, I think in terms of, of who you bring in and attack, honestly, I, I like Romelu Lukaku. I, I do. I don't know why I do, but I do. I, I think that he's got the right mentality. I think that he's got the right amount of experience. He's not, uh, you know, he, he's not so old that he's set in his ways, but he's not too young to where he thinks he owns the world. Um, I think what he has done with Ole Gunnar Shoshar at, at Manchester United at the helm has been tremendous. Uh, yes. And I think and I think he needs an opportunity to get out from under the shadow of Paul Pogba. And I think in order to do that, he needs to come to a squad like Inter. He comes relatively inexpensive. I mean, we're talking about probably 25 to 30 million euro. So this is not a break the bank type of a situation that Inter is going to have to, 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 to push a lot of money out to get a quality name in. I, I like Paolo Dybala, and as much as I would love to see Paolo Dybala in an insert shirt, I just don't think a swap for Icardi is a smart move here. First off, I just don't know that Beppe Marotta wants to be the one who shipped Icardi off to a league rival. I think if you want to ship off Icardi, I think you ship him off to somewhere else outside of the country. I think if, if Real Madrid want him, I say Real Madrid can have him. Um, I think that, that would be a, a great move for him. I think maybe Icardi could flourish under Zinedine Zidane. Um, I think he would come into a situation where he could make an immediate impact. I think he could make the money that he wants. I think he could have the stability that he thinks he needs. Uh, whereas I just don't, I, I just don't think it's feasible. I, I'm not a big fan of selling quality, potential quality players to league rivals. I, I just don't, I don't like that. I, I just think that leaves a very bad taste in my mouth. I think, uh, you know, doing that sets a very negative tone and, 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 I don't like to see it. So I would much rather see a Romelu Lukaku come in as an attacking option than a Paolo Dybala simply because I don't want to see a Cardi go to Juventus. I just don't think that. And, and honestly, with Ronaldo and, and what else they have at Juventus, I just don't see a Cardi being that man that he want, thinks he needs to be at Juventus, at least not right now. I think maybe when Ronaldo retires, then maybe. But I think Ronaldo's three or four seasons away from from calling it quits, if even that short of time. So I think if he wants to go, he wants to flourish. He wants to be, you know, the big man on campus. He wants to potentially wear the captain's armband. He wants to make an immediate impact and he wants to make a lot of money. I think a place like Real Madrid is the place he should go. I don't think it's England because I don't think Icardi can play English style football. I think he can play Spanish style football. Uh, and I think he would probably do well at, at, at Real Madrid. So with that said, 
like I said, as much as I would love to have Paolo Dybala play, because I think he's got a wealth of potential, and I think he's got a wealth of possibility, and I think if you put that kid on the field, he is dangerous. He is dangerous, and he is he has the possibility to be a world-class player. And I think missing out on that is is tough, but I think if it comes at the cost of sending a Cardi to Juventus, I, I almost think that's too much of a cost to bear. I could be wrong. I, you know, I, with Can these I ask types you of, a question? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So in this case, in this scenario, who do you think has a uh, biggest potential? Look at it as a two-way. Who do you think has the highest market value if you compare Dybala to Icardi? And who do you think has the highest potential in terms of being a, uh, a, a player with, with an impact? I think, I think in terms of player, I think it's Dybala. I do. Okay. I, 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 granted, I think I think Icardi does still have a, a a lot of formidable time left in his playing days, um, but I think in terms of just overall pure talent and pure potential, I think it is Paolo Dybala. Uh, okay. Now, in terms of market value, I think they're both pretty much on even keel at this point. Um, yes. I think I, I think with Icardi's recent issues and things like that, his market value has dropped significantly, uh, and I think it's going to take. Um, a wealth of, of of solid play in the in the latter part of the season in order to build that value back up. Um, Dybala, I think his value is probably going to hold because I don't see the situation at Juventus changing anytime soon, and him becoming the full time you know starting striker, starting no. forward um, for for Juventus. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think they're probably pretty much in cruise control at this point and are just going to probably play not to lose rather than to play to win because they've got their position locked up. You know what do they have to? What do they have to? I mean, I think they're going to play more for the Champions League than they are going to play for Syria because Syria oh, is pretty much a lot. Yeah. So, so, so in that regard, I just don't see a lot of potential opportunity for DiBala uh, to come in and and show and and increase his market value. But right now, I think they're both pretty well even. Um, so I think a swap, if that were the case, I think would be a fair deal on both sides. I think in the end, however. If he has the right coach at the helm, Dybala is going to be a massive talent. I, I, I just have a firm belief that Paolo Dybala has just got a wealth, a wealth of talent, and it's something that cannot be overlooked. Now, whether he leaves or not, who knows? And these transfer musings are, are, are from one week, they're one thing, to the next week, they're something else. And, and today, ScreenYR is likely to stay. Tomorrow, oh my lord, now he's going to go. So, you know, <laughs> all these things are, are extremely subjective in terms of, yes. uh, 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 of what thoughts are. But I think, to me, um, you know, if, if it avoids a swap sending a Cardi to Juventus, and some people may argue to say, yeah, send a Cardi to Juventus so Turin can deal with all the drama and we don't have to. Maybe that'll drag him down a little bit. And there's some viability there, but... I just don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, Icardi may only want to stay in Serie A because he's made a home in Italy. Um, you know, that could be possible. However, both he and his wife are Argentinian. Uh, you know, they may thrive better in Madrid uh, just because the language barrier is not necessarily as steep. Uh, and, 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 and Icardi is going to get probably get a lot of the things that he wants in terms of a potential captain's armband uh, to come in and play for a big club, make a wealth amount. He's going to make more money at Real Madrid than he will at Inter. That's for sure. Regardless of what other new contract structure is, even if Inter gives him 8 million a season, uh, you know, Real will pay him 12 or 13 yeah. or 15. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, so I, 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 you know, if it's a question of money, if it's a question of stability, then Real Madrid oh, okay. is, is, is a place for, for Mario Riccardi to go. 
Um, you know, Juventus will be able to pay him, but I, I think Juventus has got to be very, very careful because they've already spent a ton of money on the transfer window. We just bring in Ronaldo. They have spent a ton, uh, in addition to, to bring in, uh, the player Aaron, uh, uh, what's his name from, from Arsenal who will come in next season on defense. Oh, Aaron Ramsey. Um, yeah. Aaron Ramsey. The midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, you know, I, I think, I, I think Juventus has got to be very, very careful in terms of its payroll because just as, as easily as you can be out of financial fair play, you can be right back in it. And, and I, and I know that Juventus has a lot of money to spend the most money of any team in Syria at this point, uh, And that's great. But you know, I, I just don't know that they look at a swap favorably. Now, if we could get Dybala on, 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 you know, outside of swapping a Cardi and still selling a Cardi, go for wow. it. Go yeah, for it. That is that that is that is the the best situation to be in. But but I, if if a swap is the only way to get Paolo Dybala, then I think Romelu Lukaku is your guy. I think you try to go after him uh, and, and try to make that work. Now the other thing that that we're leaving out, and I'm gonna have to cut it short because we're approaching an hour here. Um, but but I I think the one thing that we're not considering is players that are outside of Europe. Um, you know we, we Two, don't look at, we don't look yes. at South we don't look at South America. Uh, nobody looks at Asia because why there's, there's no one in Asia that's going to, you know, that, that's a, that's a, a ground pounder. Um, so really the only other place you look at is, is South America. And, and I just, I don't know what's there because I just don't know enough about South American football at this point to, to say that this is good. This is good. This is good. But let me, let me remind you of this as we close up here, guess where Latero Martinez came from. He came from, he came from South America. And I think we're going to see that pay off dividends immensely. If Javier Zanetti, came from South America. So I, I think those are just things that we can't afford to overlook. It's easy to look and say, okay, all these guys from Europe, Edison Cavani, um, all these players, all yeah, great. They'll, they'll come in and be gangbusters, but you know, let's not overlook the other areas of the country of the, of the world that we may be missing like South America. So um, I, I, with that, I think we're going to close up shop a little bit. I, I would offer a question, but we're in the international break. So um, I think, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll table that next time. Uh, we'll take a look at Lazio, which is coming up uh, on the 31st. That's going to be a big match. We'll preview. We'll, we'll uh, look back over some of the international break stories, some of the inter storylines, uh, and and I think we're going to do a pretty deep dive into the match coming up with Lazio. So, Sam Poor, uh, appreciate you uh, coming on and joining us. Uh, it was great to By have you, means. and uh, we'll you. have you we'll have you come on uh, again next uh, next time. And for Sam Poor, I'm Matt Clark. Uh, again, for uh, all Inter Milan news and information, make sure you uh, check out serpentsofmadanina.com uh, at any time. We update the site every day. Uh, this has been the Serpents of Inter podcast, part of the SB Nation Network. For Sam Poor, I am uh, Matt Clark, and Forza Inter. Forza Inter. Il gioco di gambe, guadagna il fondo, il cross, e gol, 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 Dambro, Dambro, Dambro. Palla ancora dentro la rete di rigore, c'è un mischione, Nainggolan, e gol, e gol, e gol, e gol. The Serpents of Inter podcast is brought to you on the SB Nation Network. For more information and to check out all Inter Milan news all the time, make sure to log on to serpentsofmadadina.com. Serpents of Madadina.com.